welcome to the Insolvency and Law podcast, providing specialist insolvency and debt-related advice for business owners and individuals. For more information on debt recovery, business restructuring, and personal and corporate insolvency, visit our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk, or call us now on 020 7504 1300. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Insolvency and Law podcast for High Street Group investors. This will be our final podcast before the creditors meeting on the 15th of March. So we wanted to give you some background on our involvement in High Street Group and why it is essential for you to vote for the best people to represent you as a body of creditors. As always, Director Peter Murray is here to talk us through how INL initially got involved and all the details you need to know about voting. Peter, thank you for joining us again. Cody, hi. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. All things considered, of course. Can we start by delving into how Insolvency and Law got involved with the High Street Group case? Yeah, well, uh, Cody, I think this was back in um, August 2021, we got approached by a loan note holder who um, loan note had gone past the redemption date and uh, he had not been paid his capital and he had not been paid his interest as well. And he was following the proceedings of the I Street Group and he wasn't comfortable that he should continue to rely on the promises made by the High Street Group, particularly Gary Forrest, that he will be paid. And so he approached insolvency and law, and we took assignment of the actual uh, debt. Following that, we were approached by other loan note holders in the weeks that followed. And again, we took assignment of those debts, and we made a power approach to um, Gary Forrest, chairman of the High Street Group, for payment those particular sums of monies. That's how we got involved, basically. Okay, interesting. So this must be something that you've done before for previous cases like this. Is that right? Yeah, surely. I mean, we have a whole business model. <laughs> you know, we take assignment of debt from creditors, individuals, investors, third parties, companies, etc., on terms. And, you know, the debt is assigned to us and we enforce recovery of the debt. And assignor, who is the investor, creditor, whoever, are paid from those proceeds. Okay, yeah. So that really leads on to my next question, which is one that a lot of people have asked, and that is, what is in it for insolvency in law? Well, look, what's in it for us? Insolvency in law is the same what's in it for everyone else. You know, we are a business. We took on board these debts on commercial terms. We've yet to realise the benefit of that transaction, not just for us, but also for the creditors who assign those debts to us. And so it's in our interest as a business and also for those creditors to ensure that, you know, we get as maximum recovery as we possibly can, if at all that is possible. So from previous podcasts, Peter, I, I heard that there were some disbursements that you guys had to pay. So one topic that baffled a few people really is how can you afford to do this without charging people? Well, first and foremost, you have to, can I just say that we do have a financial interest in the high street group because we have assigned you know debts have been assigned to us and uh we have sought to enforce recovery of those sums so you know on terms so we do have a commercial 
interest in the high street group in the same way that not quite in the same way, but like you know, just as well as other loan note holders or all loan note holders have a financial interest themselves in high street group. So they, you know, loan note holders want to be paid by the high street group. And so do we, because we have a financial interest ourselves. We just stand in the shoes of those loan note holders who have assigned their interest across to us. Yes, and it's true. Look, you know, we had two court hearings and the winding up petition proceedings, which we went through in November and December last year, and it cost the company £16,000. You know, we're hoping to recover that at some point. If it's not recovered, it's not recovered. But, you know, when you're committed to achieving a certain end, then, you know, you commit yourself to achieving that end and you commit your funds to it, which is what we have done. Look, because we need the support of creditors, and I think all creditors, they need each other, it makes sense for all creditors to come together to achieve a single outcome. And if we can achieve that with creditors at no cost to creditors, then why not? Because, you know, one thing is for certain, as a loan creditor, we won't achieve it on our own. We need a body of creditors, hopefully, you know, a significant body of creditors, if we're going to achieve anything from this administration. And so it just makes sense for us to offer our services to creditors for no cost, for no fee. If they want to pay us afterwards, it's up to them. But, you know, there's no conditional fee. And that is a free service to those creditors, purely and simply because, you know, we are in this together. We win, they win, they win, we win. We can't win without them. And that's the reality why we say, okay, we can't win without you. We do need you on board. So let's offer you our services and uh, make it easy for you to subscribe to it by not charging you. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So you've got skin in the game. And of course, you're providing a service for the creditors. But ultimately, it's a service for yourself as well, because you wouldn't be able to succeed unless you have the support of other creditors. Makes total sense. So at this meeting, there are going to be two resolutions to be voted on. One is for the approval of the proposals, and the other is formation of a creditors committee. I'm going to start with the latter firstly, if that's okay. Question is, why is it important to vote for a creditors committee? I mean, creditors committees, that they are a very essential function in um, statutory insolvencies. In administrations, it's no different. Um, a creditors committee is a committee made up of a representative of creditors, three or five. In this instance, you can be rest assured it's going to be five members to the committee and, you know, chiefly the committee's role is to just monitor the progress of the administration and, you know, the administrators will have the committee as a sounding board and the administrators will keep the committee, you know, briefed in terms of the progress of the administration, especially in, a, in an intimate way. So there'll be information shared to the committee that will not be shared to the wider body of creditors. And the committee can give their input as well, not can or should give their input as well, what they believe the administrators could be doing or should be doing, and to offer, you know, whatever assistance they can to the administrators to further the progress of the administration, especially in the areas of investigations and in the areas of asset realisations. Okay, interesting. It says here, the Association of Business Recovery Professionals, R3, have said that the primary focus of the committee is to assist the office holder, the administrator, in fulfilling his or her duties. So 
can you describe for us what's the benefit of having a member of the committee that actually truly understands the roles and functions and duties of the administrator? Well, it's always very good when you have committee members that are commercially savvy. They understand themselves in with regards to business. And of course, you know, you know, they have some knowledge around the insolvency regime, especially dealing with, you know, administrators and not working on, but, you know, being a part of a creditors committee. Because look, certain things the committee, if the committee don't ask or assert or insist, then certain things may not get done by in an administration. And that's why, you know, creditors committee and to be resourced with you know, able members is a useful tool for creditors in an administration. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So effectively, I've listened to the last podcast and uh, you rightly explained that creditors would be best served to vote for yourself for the creditors committee. But could you just give us a little breakdown of why it's important for creditors to vote for you on the creditors committee? Well, first and foremost, I've been a creditor representative for the last 13 years and I have an immense amount of experience not just representing our own interests, but representing creditors' interests, especially in instances such as the one that we find ourselves in with High Street Group. You know, over the last four or five years, I have been instrumental in the recovery of over £40 million for creditors. Now, I'm not, when I say that £40 million, I, you know, I don't refer to our general day-to-day commercial recoveries. You know, I'm actually making specific reference to class actions such as these in and outside of insolvencies. Yeah. And, you know, that's no small number. And um, so, you know, I have, you know, I do have, I believe, the requisite experience. I also sit on a number of creditors committees throughout the year. You know, I do know how to get the most out of a creditors committee. And this is what I do for a living. I'm a professional. You know, I represent creditors' interests. I sit on creditors' committee and I make sure that, you know, I assert creditors' interests in such a way where it's to improve the recovery prospects for creditors. And I've done so on a number of occasions and, you know, for pretty significant insolvencies as well. Okay, so you've you've had a lot of experience of being on creditors committees. That's excellent. Um, so is it fair to say then that in the past, you your contribution has increased the dividend paid to creditors ultimately? Absolutely. Look, there are times when you're just not going to get nowhere because there's just no prospects of a recovery from a particular insolvency. You know, you accept it and you move on. You know, but there are times when, you know, if you just keep on digging, keep on digging, keep on searching, you know, you just might come up with a few nuggets here and there. And, you know, I've experienced that and what a wonderful feeling it is when you do find when your administrators or liquidators, whoever they are, you know, when they continue with a particular insolvency, uh, a certain type of investigation that produces a certain type of results that leads to a distribution to creditors. I mean, yeah, that is a great feeling. And it's great for creditors, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. So yeah, Peter, I listened to one of the previous podcasts and I can see that you've identified a lot of questions that the proposal has left unanswered. So is it fair to say that you've got some very important questions to put to them 
Um, and there are even more questions than you've actually given to creditors in the podcasts. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, you know, there's only so many questions you can put to the administrators in a, at the creditors meeting on the 15th of March. I think the best way in which I can serve creditors generally would be on the creditors committee. Through that committee, you get the best opportunity to engage with the administrators, monitor their progress, and also make contributions where you can. Okay, so you alluded before to the fact that there are going to be five members on the creditors committee. And I've spoken to a few people that are not sure who they uh, want to follow, whether they want to follow the IC, yourself, other people. Is it fair to say then that um, nominating you for the creditors committee doesn't mean that everything is going to be done your way? It just means that your voice will be able to be heard. That's correct. Look, I'll be one of five on the committee. We just want to make sure that the committee, you know, is balanced with people that, you know, will make a difference. Um, I know that a lot of loan holders will be voting for Lyndon Vickery. Um, I think he's a good choice. I'd like to see Lyndon appointed to the creditors committee. Like myself, I'd like to see myself appointed to the creditors committee. And anyone else, you know, who can bring value to the committee and therefore, you know, bring value to creditors generally, then I'd like to see, you know, those individuals appointed to the committee. The committee you know, needs to be made up of, you know, five independently strong-minded people who want to achieve the very best they can for creditors as a whole. Excellent. So, yeah, I've heard a few people say that they've tried to get in touch with the administrators, but no one's there at the office and whatnot. But the creditors committee, are they able to summon the administrator to a meeting and what changes can the creditors committee make? First and foremost, it's the creditors will have the opportunity when it comes about to set the administrator's remuneration. I mean, you know, that's a very chief purpose of having a creditors committee because the creditors committee will, you know, set the basis upon which the administrators will receive their remuneration. But that's not a resolution that's come to pass yet. I'm sure it will happen at some future date. Okay, so the first part of your question, Cody. Yes, they can, you know, ask the administrators to meet. I mean, look, usually, you know, with a committee, the administrators, you know, the committee may meet once every two months. Initially, that may taper off to once every three months, you know, uh, once every four months. But I'm sure, you know, a committee can convene the administrators to meet at earlier notice if they have very good reason to convene a meeting with the administrators. Yeah, you know, I believe once the committee is established, they will meet as often as they want to, within reason, with the administrators. I don't see, I can't see the administrators not wanting to do that anyway. And uh, like I said, what uh, what changes can the creditors committee make? What what influence do the creditors committee actually have on the process, on the administration process? Although, you know, it is the administrator's, you know, statutory duty to carry out investigations and creditors can see that, can ask the administrators to pay further attention to areas where they believe, if investigated thoroughly, could yield some results. When we talk about results, yield results in terms of um, uncovering assets or locating assets or realising assets or setting transactions aside. 
and that's where sometimes you may get administrators may want to give up because they don't think there's any value there where you know you may get credited you may get the committee that may insist that you know the administrators continue to dig deeper and wider and you know see what they come up with okay excellent so i mean it, from from what we've discussed so far, it seems that you, of course, are very experienced in creditors committee membership, that you can ask some very important questions of the administrators. You can assist them with their functions because you understand their functions very well. And that obviously just you being one of five doesn't mean that you're going to sort of lead the show, but uh, your voice will be heard. So, yeah, we've we've definitely covered that well going back to the proposal then because i'm uh, i've been listening to the video of gary forrest talking about this recovery plan um and you know he's very confident about the recovery plan back in december when this was released um he talks about hadrian's real estate and other investors uh, coming together and you know generating 90 million pounds so the creditors get all their money back but why is it that this wasn't actually any information about this wasn't put into the proposal? Well, Cody, um, I guess your guess is as good as mine. Gary Forrest had promoted the recovery plan very publicly, very robustly. Even he was supported by the investor committee. They really seriously got behind the recovery plan and they really promoted it to just about everyone who will listen to them. And there are still, you know, loan note holders now who believe wholeheartedly in this recovery plan. You know, I have the same question as you go these two, right? You know, okay, well, how comes the administrators have made no mention of the recovery plan at all in their proposal? I mean, the word recovery plan, I don't even believe that even features in the administrator's proposal. Um, so in my mind, I will find out on the 15th, but in my mind, clearly the administrators have got an alternative plan and they're not pursuing this recovery plan. I, I can't think of any other reason. If they've embraced the recovery plan, if they'd endorsed it, if they were working on it, then of course there'd be mention of it in the report. But they mention in that report of a recovery plan. Yes, it's very conspicuous in its in its absence, isn't it? Really, um, and I've to be honest with you, I've seen administrators' proposals before, and sometimes they don't want to go into the details to not sort of jeopardise the plan, but they always mention it. So it's very strange that they've not got that. And you you alluded to the fact earlier that a lot of creditors, there are creditors out there who still believe that this recovery plan is possible. I've heard some people thinking that, um, or saying, shall I say that. The SPVs, you know, they're, they're hoping that they will play out. Is there a chance that these SPVs can play out and bring back money for low note holders? Um, most of uh, the high sheet groups enterprises in some form of statutory uh, insolvency procedure, be it liquidation or administration, most are in administration. And, you know, because there's a lot of intercompany uh, lending, intercompany debt between the SPVs and high street group, you know, you can expect all these SPVs to fall over um, one after another in the weeks and in the months ahead. So, no, do I hold any hopes for recoveries um, along those lines? No, I don't. Okay, so as part of the creditors' committee, will you be pushing the administrator 
to robustly investigate the work of the directors and, and High Street Group? Yes, Cody, the administrators, they have a statutory duty to um, investigate uh, Gary Forrest, who is the uh, chairman of High Street Group and his management team. And look, you know, if there's any evidence of misconduct, then the administrators, they know what to do. That has to be reported to the insolvency service and the the insolvency service will decide whether they should bring director's disqualification proceedings against Mr. Forrest, but that's something else. Um, but look, you know, the administrators, they have a statutory duty to not just investigate, you know, look into the conduct of Gary Forrest, but, you know, all those individuals who've been instrumental in the promotion, management and formation of the company. And if they believe that individuals cause a company's demise, and then, of course, those individuals will be investigated by the insolvency service. So, yeah, we've covered a lot today. Um, the meeting is very soon. There are going to be some people who are certain they want to nominate you as a creditors committee member. There are people that might still be on the fence. If there are any people that have got questions that have not been answered somehow by the podcast, can they get in touch with you um, or your any of your team to, to sort of ask any questions? Sure, they can just send us an email, uh, info at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk market for my attention peter murray or high street group or hsg it will get to myself or you know a member in my team and you know your email will be responded to give us some time to respond but it will be responded to so yeah there are some people out there who may not wish to send an email but they may be attending the meeting on the 15th will they be able to come up to you and speak with you personally about uh, what they intend to do and ask any questions of you Oh, yes, by all means. And it also depends on how many people that I'm actually speaking to at the time. But yeah, surely, you know, if any loan note holder is in a position to attend the meeting on the 15th of March, I think they should, which is next week, Tuesday. I think they should attend that meeting. And if I'm there, do grab me, you know, do have a chat. And hopefully, you know, you will um, vote for my appointment to the creditors committee. Thank you very much, Peter. Again, very informative and very helpful. I hope you found this podcast to be useful. Please remember you can contact Insolvency and Law via the High Street Group section of their website. Or, of course, as Peter mentioned, you can send an email to info at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk. Okay, thank you, Peter. This is obviously the last podcast before the meeting. So we hope to hear from you again and we'll see you at the creditors meeting. Cody, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. And yes, this is the last uh, podcast before the meeting. And let's say we have a tremendously successful meeting and uh, we can move this administration forward for the benefit of creditors. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Insolvency and Law podcast. If you require additional guidance on any of the topics we covered today, visit the Resource Centre at our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or call us now on 020 7504 1300.